would like to ask ourselves, how do we deal with successes and failures in life? I'm sure we have had our own shares of successes and failures. Not all successes, right? But also not all failures. So how do we deal with success and failures? And for us, we've been, we've, we've, we've been influenced you know, uh, by, by fa family, by school, company, society, that whenever we become successful, we get praise. We get, we get accepted and we get love. And whenever we fail, what happens? We get criticized, we get rejected, all those things. That's why for us, there's a tendency to strive for success. Now, there's nothing wrong to strive for success. God gave us talents, gifts, strengths, okay, so that we will be fruitful, okay? Fruitfulness is a form of success, okay? He wants us to be fruitful in our family, in school, in, in, in your workplace, in this parish, in this society, okay? But the problem is if we find our identity in our success, okay? And also, whenever we attribute that glory of that success to ourselves instead to, of giving it to God, then that lies the problem, okay? And for me growing up, I would, I would really strive to be successful, okay? And I, I don't know, uh, I, I guess I was thinking that if I become successful or if I, if I become perfect, I would be loved and I will be accepted. That's why for me, when I was growing up, there's a great fear of failure. Because I know if I fail, there's a great fear of being rejected by people and even by God. Now, I know that that's a lie, right? I can't put my identity in my success or in my failure. My identity, I know right now, is I'm a beloved son of God. Okay? Now, when it comes to success and failures, there's standards to be able to know if you're successful or not. If you're in school, you need to get a very high grade. That's successful, okay? If, if, if you're, um, you know, if, if you're, um, let's say, in doing something, if you get an award, that's a standard of success. If you're um, into sales, you know, getting the top sales. If you're into sports, breaking the world record in the Olympics. That's success. Now, when it comes to religion, what is the standard of success and failure? Hmm? What's, the, what's the standard? Can anyone guess? Huh? The commandment. Okay? That's the standard. If you obey the commandment of God, it's a sign of success. And if you disobey the commandment of God, it's a sign of failure. Okay? That's why, if, if, especially if we find our identity in that, in being successful in religion, there's no problem for us to show people that we're obeying the commandment of God. And yet, also, we try to hide our failures. 
in obeying the commandment of God. Especially, you know, whenever we sin, especially sexual sin, okay, we, we, we do it in secret. We do it in darkness. We don't want other people to know. Because if we get exposed, it's scandalous. Right? So, in our gospel today, who is the model? Who, who, do, who do you think they think that they're the model of success in religion? Hmm? The scribes and the Pharisees. They project to people that they could follow not just the Ten Commandments, but the 613 commandments in the Jewish law. That they have the right to condemn and reject those who couldn't live up to that. Who is the model of failure in our gospel today? Huh? The woman caught in adultery. Okay? And, and, and we see that, right? This woman was caught in the act. Can you imagine that? Now, now I don't want you to imagine the act, okay? Uh, I know you, you like to imagine things. But it's shameful, right? It's shameful that you're caught in the act. You, you want to do it in secret. And then you got exposed. And then this woman was dragged, was dragged to the public. And could you imagine? This woman couldn't even look up. Because if, you, if she looks up, all the eyes are staring at her. Staring with condemnation. Staring with rejection. Could you feel the guilt that she's done? She, she, she did something that is bad. But also shame, thinking that she is a bad person. And you could also experience the fear. What will people say? What will people think? Okay? Fear of the consequences. She knows by law she will be stoned to death. So I hope we could feel the misery, the misery of this woman. Okay? And the thing is, the Pharisees brought this woman to Jesus. And they told Jesus in the law, Moses commanded to stone such a woman. What do you say? Okay? So what did Jesus do? She sa uh, Jesus said, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And Jesus bent down, wrote something on the ground using his finger. And that reminded me of when God wrote with his finger the Ten Commandments on two tablets given to Moses. Remember that in Exodus? God wrote the commandments. And we could assume that this is what Jesus was writing here. The commandments that these scribes and Pharisees are breaking. So the Pharisees and the scribes, they were curious, what is he writing? So they looked. One by one, they saw what their sins are. They dropped the stone, and one by one, they left. they left. But you see here also the great compassion of Jesus. Jesus did not expose them. Jesus did not shame them. 
Jesus did not do, hey, you, you're, you're committing this. You, you're committing sin. He didn't do that. He just wrote on the ground what their sins are. Okay? And St. Augustine wrote something beautiful about this gospel. He, uh, he wrote, I think that woman was the more terrified when she heard the Lord say, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her, fearing now that she would be punished by him, Jesus, okay? In whom no sin could be found. But he who had driven away her adver adversaries with the tongue of justice, now looking at her with the eyes of gentleness, of mercy. He asked her, has no one condemned you? She replies, no one, Lord. And he says, neither do I condemn you. I, who perhaps you feared, would punish you, because in me you have found no sin. And maybe some of us could relate with this woman caught in adultery. Maybe we've done some grave sin. Maybe, you know, we're committing the sin again and again. You go to confession this week. Next week, you go back again to con confession, confessing the same sin again and again. Maybe right now you're committing a sin that you don't want to be exposed. Or maybe you've, you've been exposed and you're experiencing the guilt and the shame. And maybe because of that, you think that, you know, you, because of that, you doubt that God could ever forgive you. That you are a bad person. That you are no longer worthy to be loved by God. Okay? And yet the Lord encourages us to trust in the mercy of God. In the diary of St. Faustina, Jesus said this to, to, to St. Faustina in section 1507. Let no one, let no one doubt concerning the goodness of God. Even if a person sins were as dark as night, as dark as night, God's mercy is stronger than our misery. When I read this, I felt consoled. You know why? Because I'm a miserable sinner. I need the mercy of God. Okay? And maybe we ask ourselves, oh, can, it, can Jesus be favoring uh, the sinner and also condoning the sin? No. We heard that in the gospel today, right? Jesus said to her, go and sin no more. Therefore, the Lord also condemns sin, but not the sinner. Okay? I read this from Joyce Meyer. Are you familiar with Joyce Meyer? You, you know Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer, uh, she's an American. She's an international renowned speaker. And she wrote this. Although God loves us unconditionally, He does get angry at sin wickedness and evil but he is not an angry God God hates sin but he loves sinners 
He will never approve of sin in your life, but He always loves you and wants to work with you to make progress in living a holy life in Christ. What a great consolation that we, we, we don't need to do this on our own. The Lord will work with us to live this holy life in Christ. Okay? And, you know, we, we, God loves us unconditionally. God loves us for who we are, despite our sins. And yet, He loves us too much that He doesn't want us to be stuck with our sin. Okay? Because He knows sin harms us. Sin harms our relationship with God and with others. Okay? Sin leads us into bondage. Sin robs us of peace, of joy, of the fullness of life that the Lord wants to give us. That's why Jesus did not just come to forgive our sin. Jesus came to do what? Jesus came to do what? Save us from sin. So if he's going to condone sin, well, there's no reason for him to come. He needs to save us from our sin. And we need to allow him. We need to give him permission to do that. Right? Or maybe some of you could relate with the Pharisees, especially for us, practicing Catholic, attending Mass on Sundays. Okay? It's so easy for us. I'm very guilty with myself, this myself. It's so easy for us to judge those who are failing to obey God's commandments and the teachings of the church. Okay? There's, 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 there, there could be a tendency to, to reject them, to condemn them, that they're a hopeless case. Okay? But what could... But, but you know, all of us, all of us are sinners. Okay? There's a Hebrew word for sin, and it means missing the mark. That's why I put that. Like, you know, like throwing arrows there. And we all miss the bullseye, right? That's what sin does. Sin, okay, sin puts us off track from where God wants, wants us to be. Where does God want us to be? Of course, God wants us to hit the bullseye, right? And what is the bullseye? To love God and to love others. All of us have fallen short of this. That's why in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it's very true. For all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, if we could relate with the Pharisees, what could we learn? God's infinite mercy should move us always to have compassion on those who commit sin because we ourselves are sinners and in need of God's forgiveness. Welcome to humanity, my fellow sinners. Right? So whether you could relate with the Pharisee or with a woman caught adultery, I could relate with both. I'm a great sinner, and yet I judge others. Right? 
Whether we could relate with a woman, adult, a woman caught in adultery or the Pharisee, I hope all of us would be humble enough to acknowledge that we're sinners. That we need to turn to God. Having that great confidence of His unconditional love for each and every one of us. So that when we do, that's where mercy meets our misery. Music